Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you're looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. We just wanted to um, uh, take a moment at the beginning here of our one-year anniversary. And um, instead of doing a, hey, we made it a year, you know what I mean? Let's clap and all that kind of stuff. And uh, hey, our Roots Community Church as an organization or a nonprofit entity or a 501c3, we have made it a full year. Woohoo! That is great. Yes, I, I understand that, you know, Scripture points to a lot of things. You know, God created time, so he, he, there's a new year for us to kind of look back on. And we'll do some of that stuff um, probably after this is done or even next week. We'll look back on some of the things that God has done throughout the year and the things that we have learned. Um, and Nina will actually be sharing some of that a little bit um, at the very end. What I want to do is I want to put the focus where it should be. And that is not us making it 50 to our 53rd week, right? 52, yeah, we made it, now they're 53. Um, and I don't want to, you know, kind of, I don't want to celebrate that end. I want to make sure that we as Roots Community Church and as the believers in Christ who will watch this later or listen to it later on a podcast or whatever, um, I want to make sure that we understand what our mission is. And our mission, um, not the one that's on the website, although we have one, you can feel free to go there and read it, rccphoenix.com, you can go there. Um, and uh, you can read all that mission stuff. But from a scriptural perspective, I want us to be reminded what our job as the body of Christ truly is. Um, every year when we get to this point, I want to make sure that we're not going, hey, we did a really good job this year. You know what I mean? Like we count numbers or whatever and all that's fine. We'll, it will, I'll, we'll, but none of that is really the focus for us. The focus for Roots Community Church is that every person that comes here has deeper roots. One interaction, one service, one year, whatever it is, you have deeper roots in Christ. That's the goal. And so tonight we normally have like notes and people fill out, you know, notes and, and, and things like that. But your notes tonight are basically just two passages of scripture. There's not a lot to write down. I just want to make sure that we read the scripture and that we reflect on it and that we take some time today to just be reminded what is our job as a church? Because why are we here? Because if it's just to get together and have food, um, I'm down with that, but we don't have to have a church for that, right? That is an aspect of what brings us together, but we are a church for a reason, for a purpose, God ordained through scripture, every church that exists, exists for this purpose. <clears throat> and I want to make sure that we read these scriptures tonight and go through them together and just remind ourselves uh, what it is that we're actually doing. Okay? So Ephesians chapter 3, verses 6 through 21, you have um, a printout of it there on your, on your seat if you didn't bring your Bible. Um, <clears throat> and it's this. Um, and this is God's plan. So it's pretty clear. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege, this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. 
I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was His eternal plan, which He carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. And when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide how long, how high, how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to be understood fully. And then you will be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, you may go, man, you read a whole bunch of scripture. Yeah, that's kind of the point in church. If you're, if, you're, if you're here a lot or you listen to a lot of the podcasts, you realize we're, we, we're, we're really involved in God's word here. One of the things that I want us to, to notice is, first of all, this is one of our foundational core scriptures of the church. Um, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. But one of the things I want us to go back and see is that second um, little portion there that's marked out for you. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So as I was reading this passage, I look and I use the tool that I'm encouraging all of us to have in our tool belt, and that's a question. What does this mean? It doesn't mean that you're ignorant. It doesn't mean that you're dumb or that you're unlearned or, you know, I don't know how to think. It doesn't mean any of that when you ask a question. It simply means I need to understand. I don't understand what's being communicated here. I need some further clarity. So what I did here is I went and I read more than a half dozen commentaries from guys who are a lot smarter than me. I dug into the, the, the meaning of the words here like we normally do. I have gone through these, through these, um, these commentaries of these guys who have their scholars, biblical scholars, and here's what I found. Not one of them agreed. Not one of them agreed. They were all from different theological persuasions. They were all from, you know, different um, doctrinal um, belief systems and stuff. Not one of them, not one of them, had the same perspective as the other. So let me tell you what they all said. And they all had scriptural backing and proof to why their point was correct. One of them said that the, um, that the unseen rulers and authority in heavenly places was Satan and all the fallen angels. It was like God rubbing his nose and look what I'm doing in the people you tried to destroy. There was another one who said that... Um, now, this is not the devil and his angels. This is the angels that surround the throne of God. 
that he is showcasing his wisdom through people who are made a little lower than the angels, as Hebrews tells us. And he's saying, look at the wisdom my spirit imparts to these people that are on a different lower plane than us. Then there's another group of people who say this is a metaphor for all of, the, all of the kings and the rulers and the leaders and all people on the earth that exist today and that will exist in the future, that this is a metaphor for all people and all the rulers of all people. And so as I was, as I was sitting there and I was reading their explanations for why this one believes this and it had a scripture reference, and I thought, and, and I read the other one and said, oh, these guys have scripture references. And I read the last one, oh, these guys have scripture references. I immediately thought, I wonder if all three of these things are the, the true at the same time. You ever heard the statement that more things can be, uh, more, more things can be true? More than one thing can be true at once, right? Yeah. There can be more than one thing true at the same time. And as I was beginning to read and look at their research and look at the scriptures they were pointing to, it became abundantly clear to me that this passage, I can chop it up either way you want. We can go down to whatever belief system it is. But my guess is that they're all right. So God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to everybody. His goal was to use the church, the ecclesia, this word is, which means a gathering of believers in Christ, which is what we have in this room right now. We, we have a gathering. We are the ecclesia. We can never go to church. The church can go somewhere, but we can't go to church because the church is not a building. It's not in this living room. It's not crammed in our home. It's not anywhere else that we may have met earlier this year. Those are, those are places the church meets, but we can never go to church. We, as the church, can show up somewhere. And when you flip that around and take the, the cultural programming that I grew up with that says I go to church and then there's a service and then it ends and then we go home and I don't see these people again for six and a half days until I show back up unless I go to youth group <laughs> or to camp meeting tent revival, right? Which says that those don't exist here because we'd be sweating to death all outside, right? <clears throat> we cannot go to church, but we as the church can show up somewhere and gather. You are the living ecclesia, the church of Jesus Christ. Notice I didn't say me or Nina or the leaders of Roots Community Church or even say RCC. No, put all that aside. You, us together as men and women, believers of Christ, we are the church. God chose to show his wisdom to everyone through you. He is showing everybody, the devil and all of his angels, all the angels that are around his throne, every person on the earth that runs across you as a believer in Christ, all of the leaders that exist today and will be in the future. He is showing off his wisdom in all its rich variety to everyone through you. I didn't understand that when I was younger. I thought, oh, I go to church, and I tell people I go to church, and I get them to come listen to the guy who speaks, so then they can go, and they can come to church too, and be good, and follow the Jesus rules. This has far more power for us, because the Spirit of God resides in you, and you are 
his chosen way to display his wisdom to everyone. We can't come to the service and clap and go home and do nothing because we came to church and it's impossible to do that. We have to be the church. The third passage, we t- it talks about this, the, the roots growing down into God's love. And what our whole goal here is this, is that you as people will have roots that grow directly into Christ, not into RCC. The reason for that is, if God ever calls anyone in this room or who hears this or who's not here but calls RCC their home church, if he takes them and sends them to the mission field or on the other side of the country to to pursue a job or build a ministry on the other side of the street or the city, whatever God tells that person to do, their foundation has to be in him. If your foundation of what you believe is dependent upon me doing everything right, you are out of luck. It is a ticking time bomb. I'm not going to do anything purposely to try to hurt anyone, to to say something stupid, but I know me. I look at me in the mirror every morning when I brush my teeth or if I'm working at home when I may not brush my teeth because no one cares if I brush my teeth when they can't hear me on the thing except for my wife. That's another story, and I digress. I got off track about that one. But... um, I know me. I know the guy in the mirror, and I'm telling you I am going to screw something up. Not on purpose. And if your faith depends on me never screwing up, you don't have faith in Christ. You have faith in me, and I am not your mediator. Nina is not your mediator. There is one mediator between God and man, and it is Christ Jesus. Your roots have to be in Him. Now, I want to destroy a, um, a, a picture that's painted for me. And if you never saw this picture as a kid or never kind of felt that it was implied, then just, just you know, politely just smile and nod at me. But I felt like when I was a kid that there were little catchphrases that people would say. We used to call it Christianese, right? Like the lingo that Christian people would say. Like, let me give you an example. You go to, you know, you go to the store or something, you go to work, and someone's, how you doing today? And you go, um, um, I'm, I'm blessed. And somebody else goes, you know, and highly favored. Yeah. And there's this kind of like code word to be like, hey, you go to church. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, God is good. And God is good. Right, right. This cheese ball kind of stuff. It's yeah. true. But it's kind of like this like, little code where we feel like we can't really say what we're believing and I need to know who's on the, on the same playing field with me here, right? Got all that? Yeah. So I kind of felt like there was this statement that said, um, uh, that when I was especially in youth group as a kid, they were really like, who wants to go to the next level? Right. Who wants to go higher with God? Who wants to go to that next level? And I don't know about you, but I'm a picture person. So God kind of deals with me in pictures. So if I could, you know, just picture like this 15-story building and somehow I was on the first floor and someone said, who wants to go to the next level? I'm like, ooh, there's another level. How can I go from the first floor to the second floor? 
it's almost like it's a climbing a corporate ladder, right? Until I get to the penthouse suite, you know what I mean? Like up here, I thought were all the pastors and the prophets and all these guys who were doing all this stuff. And then I kind of met some of them and I realized they were not way up there on the 15th floor, um, like I thought they were. Um, but there's a kind of this picture of, I want to go to the next level. I want to get higher. Who wants to come higher with God? And then all of us, I do. Of course, who doesn't want to go higher with God? Who doesn't want to go to the next level? And so I wanted to pull out that question again and ask, what does that mean? What does it mean to go to the next level? What does it mean to go higher? Because as I read Scripture, there is no secret knowledge of some little backdoor elevator that you can kind of get into if you pray uh, pray enough or you fast enough. You can kind of get the access code to this one little spot where no one else knows this particular special knowledge that God has. And we wander away from His Word so we can kind of pursue this next level, whatever that is. And I want to tell you that there is no special knowledge. There is the Spirit of God who knows more than you that can speak to you. But there's no level of personal human sacrifice that earns anything with God. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn your calling. You, I, I've tried. I have followed all the rules to the point I gave myself a mulligan on a couple things that I messed up on, blamed somebody else, and then kept going and thought I deserved them. And I was frustrated and exhausted trying to pursue that. Why? Because I was looking for the secret back door. And God says, I'm not trying to keep any secrets from you. I'm trying to get your roots down in me. If we want to go higher, that means we have to grow to that point. Picture the tree. Every tree's height and width is directly related to the depth of its roots. It will not stand if the roots are shallow. It won't happen. So for every one of us, if we're going to say, how do I go to the next level? How do I get taken higher, God? You know what you do? You say, take my heart, make this like him. That doesn't happen like this. That is a process. What I wanted to happen was when, when my heart would start to grow roots into him, when I would start to grow deep roots into his love, what I wanted him to do was take the seed, hold it in his hand out of the dirt and go, grow little seed. But that's not what he did. He left me in the scenario I was in because the dirt is required for the roots to grow. You don't grow in spite of it. You grow through it. So every scenario that we face as believers in Christ is an opportunity for us to grow deeper roots into Him. Matt, this is painful. I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. And if you are saved, the Spirit of God is living inside of you and He is saying that that strength comes from Him. You can't serve God without God. Then, after that strength that is given by His Spirit is empowering you, Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in 
him, giving him the option to make his home in us means he rearranges and takes out and remodels and decorates and puts on an addition and pours new foundation as he sees fit. But it all starts with a commitment. Take my heart. Make it like yours. Because when we say things like, I want to go higher, we're actually saying, God, show me how to grow. scripture Ephesians 4 11 through 16 now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers their responsibility is to hold the weekly show for people to come and enjoy and then go back to work and not do anything different I'm sorry that's the other version that's the American church version their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work God's people to do his work build up the church the body of christ this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of god's son that we will be mature in the lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ then we will no longer be immature like children we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body 
fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. I want this scripture to smash two different things. Number one, the American idea that you are the one who is only in control of you. You are responsible for everything. You got to be in control. You got to handle it. You got to be the one to make sure it runs. You got to be the one to make sure it grows. You're in charge of your own destiny because what the scripture clearly tells us that if we're believers in Christ, he makes the whole body fit together. Each part does its own special work and it helps the other parts grow. We are to help each other grow. What that means is you may grow from the teaching, but I need you to function in your role to help me. This superhero, the pastor is the guy with the vision and we're all here just to pay for it. Let's destroy that right now. And let's say all of us are following the master shepherd. I have been given a role, I didn't want, by the way, of an under shepherd to help lead people back to him, to teach his word so that you can go back to where you are, you are stationed in your job, in your family, in your business, wherever that is. And you are supposed to have roots that are so deep in him that you begin to grow regardless of the circumstance and you bear fruit in every place you are. What's going to happen is when you walk into your warehouse, when you walk into your school, when you walk into your church, when you walk into your business, when your boss isn't listening and you're walking in and you're doing all and you are there where you are planted and supposed to be where God has directed you to be. Everybody who's not following the Lord looks at the fruit of their own decisions, the fruit of their selfishness, the fruit of their self-absorbed attitude, the fruit of them looking at themselves before everybody else and they're looking at the nasty, sour, withered, dying fruit that is being produced in them and then they look at you. They look at you. They look at everybody in the room and go, why is what's being produced in that life different than what's being produced in mine? And they come and sample the fruit, taste and see that the Lord is good and what are they going to find? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All those are the fruits what should be being produced from a life that is rooted in Christ. We can't do that if we're going to go my way and no one else. I don't need your influence. I don't need you to help me. I got this. I'm going to stand here on my own. I'm a man. I can, <laughs> which is... <laughs> Funny to me, you can't do anything, guy. You know what I mean? Like, I need my wife to help make anything go, right? Like, I'm a man. I'm going to stand here and do this by myself. Hey, can you help me, honey? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's hilarious, right? You can't do anything on your own. You didn't get here on your own. You didn't decide that you wanted to exist and bam, spontaneously, you combusted into a child. No, someone else is always going to be involved in helping you grow. And if we try to stay away from everyone else and not function in our role and help everybody else, then we suffer and the people that we're supposed to be helping and connected to the other 
parts of the body of Christ begin to suffer because you're holding out. You have to get involved. I'm going to volunteer. No, no. Yes, I need volunteers. But I mean, like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how in the world are there going to be relationships in this room that don't depend on me and Nina? That don't depend on Brian and Sammy. We're going to be in, in relationship with every single person I possibly can. But I cannot be everything that Sergio needs. Ryan's got something for him. Mike has got something for him. You, you understand what I'm saying? There, we have to be able to help each other. And this is how we grow. This is how we show God's wisdom through the church. Why? It's his master plan. Coming back here is like to church every week is, is like coming back to the corner of the boxing ring when the, the bell dings and you come back to sit down with your coach and your trainer and let me see what's going on here and someone's cleaning the blood off of your eye or putting whatever it is, that Vaseline, so you don't get hit. When you get hit, it doesn't make it any worse or they're pressing out spots on you and they're, hey, next time try this. We're going through this together so that you can go back, so that I can go back and run the race and fight the fight that God has placed in front of us. Where you are is no accident. Where we remain cannot be where we want to go. You're supposed to be being equipped, you, to do His work. I'm supposed to be equipped to do his work. And I cannot do that if I go my way. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. And if we are going to function with him at a higher level, it's not like you achieve something. You are saying, let me decrease and let him increase and let that be the thing that flows through me, not my way. Show me your way, not mine. Don't clear the path that I'm trying to be like, ooh, I'm gonna go this way, clear the path, Lord. Mm -mm. And then get mad at him when he doesn't. Our goal has to be, I wanna see what he wants. Show me your way, whatever it takes to change. I see what's new, looking at how far I've come. Here is my life, don't let me forget the way. Here is my life, I can't afford to stay the same. Show me your way. How far I've come here is my life. 
So our last segment for tonight, I've asked Nina to um, do something that can be difficult. Um, I've asked her to take off her worship leader hat and then under that uh, take off the pastor's wife hat and then under that take off the event planner hat and take off the church coordinator hat and the number of a dozen hats that she wears to make everything happen. Take all those off and as our last thing before we wrap up service here today is to as just a woman of God, just a person, to talk about the last year and what God's word that has been preached has done in you. How's it changed you? How's it made a difference for you? church deeper than that it's about what's going on in here with me it's about what's going on in my heart before the Lord just for myself so if I'm um, if I find myself in it and I'm a good self-awareness is something I had to learn I can feel when my heart's not right I can feel it I know exactly how everything internally is acting, every emotion that's going on. And I can sense when I am loving out of physical strength and still inwardly I'm irritated. And that is consistently uh, being checked. I allow the Lord to check that because I, I don't want to, never mind about the many hats, I don't want to, as a child of God, 
continue to do the things that don't please him. That's between him and I. So how I bring that to what we do is when I'm with youth, I check my heart. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Oh man, you're, I'm easily irritated with you. Those things are all going on inside of me as a child of God. And it's consistently walking and checking myself through his word. And, and not so much to make anybody happy. It's just internally, God is the only one that knows what's really going on in this heart. He knows the emotions that are incorrect. So I'm as I'm serving or doing what I'm called to do, focusing on other people, I am also being checked myself. Now I'm not saying, oh man, you know, you shouldn't look at me and go, my gosh, you're such a hero. No, I'm telling you that I have flaws. But they are not always flaws that you can see outwardly. They're internal flaws. And they are consistently being checked. So I don't say, I don't call somebody in the church to apologize for something that I said because I'm worried about what you're going to think about me as a pastor's wife. I, I call to apologize because I'm concerned about my what my father will think of me. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It has everything to do with I keep reading and if my life is not being lived out that way who cares what Ryan thinks? Who cares what Darius thinks? My youth cares what Kaylani. It doesn't matter. The person who sees my heart is, is, is the Father himself. So I have to consistently serve and be checked by him. And, and when Matt talks about going higher, that is going higher for me. And I do want to get to, when I see him face to face, him go, well done. Not the works that you did. Yeah, that counts too. The book gave, you know, you're supposed to action with, you know, uh, faith without actions. The right actions, the right actions. To look out for the poor, to help the orphans, to that, those actions. To, to do right by God. Those are the actions that I'm interested in as a person uh, to follow. Because I want to get there and him go, man, good job. It was hard. I'm not gonna, you know, I died for that, so that's that's good. But man, you, you really kept in line with what I wanted. You know, and it has very little to do with big production and all these things, you know. But it does have to do with how was my heart during the time that I set this all up so that you can come. Because no one hears that talk or that what's going on except for God himself so as I'm preparing when I feel myself getting oh so much oh my god just give me strength to do what I need to do and I'm sorry that that was about to come out of my mouth so it, there's always an internal uh, repenting that's going on uh, uh, an internal growth that's, that's going on and then there is the the fuel that 
that fuels the work or the calling that at least I feel that the Lord wants me to do is that I, I, I move ahead and I see our youth facing hard times and something that we did in our youth I would help them overcome that. So I'm not looking for them to go on and do great things. Go and get degrees. Go and make the world different and all this stuff. I look ahead and I see Kaylani when she gets married and has kids. If she goes through something internal, what did I do to help her not be overcome by chaos? What did I do in Rashad's life so that when he moves forward and he's in school without his parents, without us, that he knows that God lives inside of him and he can get through that day. What, what have I done to, 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 have we done such a successful job here just allowing God to do what he needs to do that Ryan makes a massive difference in the circle around him? I see those things and it fuels me. I see Sergio, the kind heart that God gave him, the incredible father that he is, that his kids talk about. And I, and I, and I see, man, I pray somebody at his work sees that and comes to know the Lord through that. That's what fuels me every time. A big building doesn't fuel me. I'm telling you, if it weren't for Jesus, we'd stay right here. You know? But those are the things that uh, I think the journey before taking on this church, um, God was already teaching me uh, things, how to walk, it to be okay to walk flawed. Uh, but I, I, I agree with Matt, and we, I hunger for the day where we can have an honest conversation about our flaws and I don't feel like you judge me. Where right, right. I feel like we, we are safe to have real conversations and you ain't gonna go out there and talk about them. Because that's the, that's the church that has to happen. If we cannot have that safe space with each other and you always come and you go I'm going to fluff it up and I can see right through the fluff you know but I think we we kind of tapped into that in our groups you know if we I, I, we've got to have safe uh, space to talk that out because then how does the word work when we can't be authentic like when I say what's going on well we you know, we had this little and then uh, incomplete sentences are going on. And I'm like, I have no idea. What is it? Are you falling apart? Are you, are you, what's going on? You know, because we can't, the word of God doesn't come in when you're fluffing it. He doesn't know how to fix fluff. He knows how to fix the depths, the honesty of where you're going. So I pray that eventually our church will get there to where I can share and you really have something encouraging to say to me and versus going, oh, I got this. I'm the one who encouraged Nina. Pathetic. I'm the one that 
encourage my sister in the Lord. I pray one day that you would see me not as a pastor's wife or anything, but a sister in the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So we had a church that was like, yeah, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We share. We don't judge each other just like Jesus didn't judge us. And when we mess up, we say sorry. Is that a new thing? Because <laughs> I'm going... Why can't we do that in the church? So there's a lot of things that, you know, I've learned. Um, uh, but the depth. Can you play Ministers Prayer? Yep. Um, I was going to do unspeakable love. But I think when you, when, you, when you approach life through the word, those roots do grow deep into Christ. You feel it, you know? There is evidence that you're changing. Your reaction is different to things. You can feel inwardly, oh, I don't do that anymore. I'm growing. Oh, wait, that didn't shake me like it used to shake me. I'm growing. Well, I didn't react the way I usually react. I'm growing inwardly. You know what I mean? Uh, those types of things, you can sense the growth. Um, I think... The word also has deepened my commitment to God even more. Um, I'm, I, I am completely unshaken. What a great thing to come to, right? Great thing to come to and go, there's, there's nothing that you can do or anything, uh, anything that can happen that would sway me from, from who he is. sit back and I go, man, what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 50 next year and I'm, I'm doing all, I'm doing this church thing. Um, but it has nothing to do with what I want to do. It has everything to do with what he wants to do. It's obedience. So I think um, this song is a lot better than, this part of this song that we wrote is a lot better than the other one because it's a, it's a, it's good when you write songs and eventually in life you can sing them because they're real. You know, before when I wrote this song, I had no business singing it. But now I'm going, man, God, this is where we're at. Uh, the people that you have brought us, they are the people that you have brought us. So let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's go all the way and see this life out with these people that you have brought us. Um, so if you were to ask me, um, what my statement would be to describe the depth of who God is, his word is, and how I approach life and look at life, uh, I think it would be this one. I give my life all over again. I run to you with no regrets. On my knees I give my honor to you for your kingdom's sake. I give my life all over again. I run Jesus, all the days I spent with you, yeah, I wouldn't trade the mouth for anything. As if I had a thousand times. And if my hand. 
master plan is you. Not you by yourself. Not you in your own strength. But Jesus Christ fulfilling the old covenant and starting a new one with those who call themselves believers. And I think I see evidence of that in every single person in this room. The master plan is for you to take the gospel the deep roots that you have in him and go bear fruit and be light to a world that desperately needs truth and life and love, true love that needs his word. His plan in all this was to show his wisdom through you believers in Christ to everybody.